It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Have you ever wondered why the news plays the same five stories again and again? Let me give you a little hint. Brainwashing and repetition is the most basic form of brainwashing. Join me as we look at the news cycle and talk about why the mainstream media is so gutless and afraid to report the truth. Happy Friday. Oops, that's a little low. Happy Friday. Welcome to Troubled Minds News. I'm your host, Michael Strange. And, well, this is the show where the conspiracy is the news. And uh, it's also the show where the sun's shining on my back and my webcam display is a little broken. But what can you do, hey? Uh, You can't keep the sun from shining, can you? Well, maybe you can. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, So this is actually uh, the show that started with Troubled Minds Radio, if you guys know what that is. It's uh, it's another show we do called uh, Troubled Minds Radio, and it goes Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. And we kind of talk about all the crazy things, um, uh, aliens, conspiracy, the paranormal, and more. And so we used to do a news segment because there's a lot of uh, disturbing troubling things in the news and uh there was a news segment on troubled minds radio it just became larger and larger and larger and then it was taken over half the show and then we had to peel it out because it didn't make sense and uh well instead we have our own show now and it's called troubled minds news and it's just for the news and it's quick hits of the news cycle and um some of the propaganda stuff going on and uh some of the ridiculous stuff they cover and push to the top of news cycles and, well, uh, that's what this is about. And, of course, as always, uh, transparency is an important part of this entire process. So uh, what I want to do is let you know that you can reach me uh, in a number of ways because I'm unafraid. Here you go. You want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. That's the phone number. You call it. We'll put you on the show. Easy as that. Also, you can go to troubledminds.org, and that will be uh, the official website. And it has a Discord link there. You could join the Discord be on the show that way and uh yeah there you go i think that probably sums it up and um what else what's up robert i see in the chat got some other lurkers out there i'm not going to call you out because uh well there's no need for all that but uh thanks for hanging out with us happy friday and uh let's take a sip of coffee and get rolling okay so the news uh speaking of the sun uh well blotting out the sun let's get rid of this actually let's get rid of that my fancy soundboard you guys don't need that do you all right so here's check this out this is from futurism.com and this is insane this is this is the insanity stuff that i i absolutely cannot believe that people are considering and spending money on right they're so terrified of the climate alarmism all right that uh, to me honest to god this would be the last freaking resort the last resort okay like literally the oceans are boiling then i would consider doing this shit all right look at this this is nuts this is from futurism.com and you got it amazon is quietly researching how to block out the sun uh-huh it's not necessarily nefarious but it's definitely ominous 
No, I'm going to go ahead and say it's both nefarious and ominous, and this is BS, all right? Here we go. A billionaire researching plans to dim the sun might sound like the plot of a famous Simpsons episode, but that's exactly what Jeff Bezos seems to be doing. Mm-hmm. Bezos' mega retailer Amazon is partnered with the National Center for Atmospheric Research and the geoengineering nonprofit Silver Lining to help create models that show what exactly would happen if we blocked out some of the sun rays, Gizmodo reports. More specifically, the company is donating its powerful computer processors to help model 30 different simulations of Earth's future climate. In one of those simulated worlds, humans have artificially injected aerosols into the atmosphere to dim sunlight, drastically cooling down the planet in the process. Yeah, brilliant, right? These people are so incredibly smart. Not... Yeah, Uh, climate modeling often requires expensive supercomputers. That's where the Amazon partnership comes in, allowing climate researchers to use the company's cloud computing system. All right, well, yep, you got it. Quote, cloud computing has started to reach the point where it could contemplate supporting workloads like this, Kelly Wenzer, the executive director of Silver Lining, it told Gizmodo. And so you have this inflection point where the underlying technology is sophisticated enough. And so the question is, can you break the adoption impasse and see if you can get this stuff running on the cloud. And then what happens if you do? Yep. Well, notice the name of his company is Silver Lining, like, you know, silver lining in the clouds. But, well, apparently there's no silver lining when it comes to uh, geoengineering, which is exactly what this is. We've talked about on on Troubled Minds Radio. We've talked about uh, this whole geoengineering bit. We've talked about blocking out the sun. We've talked about climate alarmism and spot the conspiracy. And so, well, there's a whole lot of conspiracy here, isn't there? Considering that... uh, Uh, These a-holes want to literally put aerosol injections into the sky, which is currently happening, by the way, testing. Harvard was testing this. All kinds of different companies are testing this because they think that this is the way of the future, right? We're going to block out the sun and everything's going to be just fine. Well, hey, stupids. Hey, stupids. Hey, stupids. There's all kinds of like... uh, climate evidence that goes back thousands, even millions of years that suggests this is a horrible idea because all we need is one big-ass volcano to go off, uh, which, by the way, have caused famines in the past. And, uh, yeah, then we drop the degrees, a couple couple degrees worldwide type of thing because of all the uh, actual uh, volcano ash in the sky. And guess what? It could plunge us into a freaking ice age. And that's why you don't fuck with the climate, people. This is why controlling the weather on this geoengineering stuff is a horrific idea because guess what we don't know what tomorrow brings geologically speaking because we don't know we're not god we're not mother nature we don't understand these things well enough to do it and this pisses me off quite a lot that oh yeah by the way we're gonna fix climate change we'll just block out the sun okay you morons how could this go wrong right jay exactly this is the dumbest thing ever and uh well This is what you get when you get people that are just so full of themselves and so into their own political ideologies that they don't understand the things that they're supposed to be doing to help the world. This is not it. This is not even close to it. This is horrific. And so, sorry, no, Bezos, I'm not a fan. Why, why, why? Nothing but more questions. Are you really buying that climate alarmism bullshit that you're peddling with the Washington Post? Really? Seriously? Come on now. Like literally last resort to me. If you, if you, like I said, if the the oceans were boiling, I'd sign off on blocking out the sun. All right. But we're a long freaking way from the oceans boiling, aren't we? A long damn way. So this stuff in particular is not good. And uh, if this is the discussion we need to have regarding uh, uh, whatever else, then that's the discussion we have to have because it's, it's not okay. This is not okay, if you ask me. And, well, here we are doing our thing. Wondering what the hell's really going on. What's up, guys? I see you in the chat. Thanks for hanging out. Happy Friday. And, well, yeah, uh, let's read a little bit more of this. Love the silver lining, uh, name of the company with this, with with the cloud seeding technologies. Jeez. Here we go. Well, uh, uh, well, while a ominous as hell, that seems like a 
poor editing job. While ominous as hell, there are a lot of upsides to Amazon donating resources for this effort. For one, there's very little research done on the full impacts of solar radiation management, a term used to describe a method of cooling down the earth by limiting sunlight. You like that? Now we got fancy names for this shit. It's called solar radiation management. Oh, yeah, that's totally fine, right? There's nothing wrong with that. That seems like it's uh, out of the worst dystopian sci-fi movie ever. What did uh, Matt up there in the chat say? They did that in The Matrix, right? You know why they did it? To stop Skynet, right? That's why they did it. Uh, And Skynet adapted by just using people as batteries instead. All right, well, how could this go wrong? Yeah, anyway, since catastrophic climate change seems to be getting much uh, more likely each year, right? So they're telling us more likely each year, but there's really uh, minimal effects at this point. They say all this massive flooding that's happening is from climate change. I don't know. I don't buy any of this shit because these guys are all liars. So, well, what's really the agenda here? You want to talk about, uh, you know, that weird stuff where they're like, oh, you know, the Georgia Guidestones and the deed population agenda. You know, you say that as a conspiracy theorist and people are like, you're insane. Well, what the hell do you think would happen if you block out the sun? What do you think would happen? Honestly, right? Even in, in like just to kill it like one degree worldwide. What do you think would happen? Yeah, right. It would be catastrophic. It really would be. And these people are just so stupid. They don't get it. So whatever. Not to say that I'm smart. It's just incredibly easy to sound smart when you're dealing with stupid people like this, because this is incredibly stupid. Sorry. That's just the way it is. Uh, And no, I say no. My vote is no. I say absolutely not. And I don't give a damn. By the way, I don't care what their computer simulations say. I don't care. They've been wrong year over year over year over year for like 30 freaking years, right? Wrong year over year. So explain to me how suddenly, well, now now we're going to plug this into the supercomputers that Amazon has the cloud computing and that's going to change everything. No, if you still put shitty data into the supercomputers, you're still going to get shitty output. I'm sorry. So we don't know enough about the climate in general and the way the earth works as, a, as, a, as an entire entity, an entire organism to be making decisions like this. Lay off, wait till the oceans boil, then you'll have more, more support than you ever imagined to block out the frickin' sun. It's ugly. This is an ugly thing, and, well, here we are. Matt's got it right. You don't mess with Mother Nature, 100%. Anyway, you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. Let's keep on trucking, shall we? Oh, let me link that in the chat in case you guys want to read uh, uh, how, to, how to get pissed off with uh, Jeff Bezos and company. There you go. There you go. All right, let's go to uh, The Guardian. Ah, The Guardian, one of the other most trusted sources of news. What's going on, guys? How's everybody? All right. Here's what we got. This is U.S. rejects calls for regulating or banning killer robots. Oh, shit. Here we go. Yep. The U.S. has rejected a call for it. But okay. Speaking at a meeting in Geneva focused on finding common ground on the use of so-called lethal autonomous weapons, a U.S. official balked at the idea of regulating their use through a legally binding instrument. The meeting saw government experts preparing for high-level talks at a review conference at the convention of certain conventional... (laughs) Good God. Okay, this is the... Now, this is a real thing. Listen to this. Uh, At a review conference on the, quote, Convention of Certain Conventional Weapons from the 13th to 17th of December. Convention of Certain Conventional Weapons. Fuck sakes. Can they do better than that? It's poor form to use the same word twice. Like, anyway. Anyway, come on. Come on, man. I do that talking off the cuff because, well, that's what I do. It's unscripted, all of this. But these jerks are like creating... <laughs> Never mind. Uh, quote, in our view, the best way to make progress would be through the development of a non-binding code of conduct, U.S. official Josh Dorrenson told the meeting. Now, okay, this is, again, part of why we live in what I, what I like to call the upside down. All right? Check this out. Check this out. We're going to just read this exactly like it is and think about what this actually means. Quote, in our view... The best way to make progress would be through the development of a non-binding code of conduct. That's a fantastic quote, right? You know what a non-binding code of conduct uh, conduct means? Non-binding code of conduct. You know what it means, guys? 
Absolutely nothing. Absolutely non-binding, non-binding. So it's, you know, some people getting together, talking about doing some things and agreeing that well, maybe this is the way things should be in the future. Everybody's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is the way things should be in the future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they go back to whatever the fuck they were doing before they started this damn meeting. Right. That's what a non-binding code of conduct means. It means absolutely nothing, nothing. But OK, fine. This is all fine. Right. The United Nations has been hosting the diplomatic talks in Geneva since 2017, aimed at reaching an agreement on how to address the use of killer robots. Well, at least the non-binding code of conduct will uh, stop the killer robots. Right. Wink, wink. Yeah, of course. Activists in a number of countries have called for an all out ban on any weapons that could use lethal force without a human overseeing the process and making the final kill order. November 2018, the U.N. chief Antonio Guterres. Tieres joined the call for a ban, but so far countries do not even agree on whether there is a need to regulate the weapons. During Thursday's debate, a number of countries, including India and the United States, criticized the idea of a legally binding agreement. Uh, Dorison insisted a code of conduct would help uh, states promote responsible behavior and in compliance with international law. Oh, that's so adorable. Isn't that just adorable? Yeah. Get the hell out of here, people. You're with your non-binding code of conduct. You can stuff it up. Sorry, I'm a little fired up today. Happy Friday. How's everybody doing? And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's keep on trucking, shall we? If you want to be part of the show at any point, you guys know the drill. 702-957-1037. You can click the Discord link and we'll put you on the show. Easy as that. That's called transparency, folks. That's transparency. And uh, too many out there are gutless to do it. I am not. Let's continue, shall we? It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. LiveScience.com. Remember, I say every damn week, every damn week, every damn week, there's a new asteroid in the news cycle. Well, here we are. This is from five hours ago. This is from Live Science. <laughs> Potentially hazardous asteroid worth nearly $5 billion will enter Earth's orbit next week, NASA says. Every damn week. And so instead of the size of the Eiffel Tower or Big Ben or the Statue of Liberty, well, this one in particular, they're, they're trying a new tact here to get, uh, to get clicks and uh, the people with their mouth agape and uh, wondering why the world is, hasn't ended yet. Uh, well, this asteroid's worth $5 billion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why is the asteroid worth $5 billion? Well, because I'm sure the insurance policies uh, that will pay out when this sucker hits will be worth greater than $5 billion. <laughs> That's why. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, the subheadline: the asteroid is expected to, uh, to pass by Earth without harm. Uh, like I said, it seems like, it seems like, it seems like they're conditioning us for something. A new asteroid every week in the news cycle. 
the size of this, that, the other thing, a bus, a, a VW Volkswagen, a this, that, the other. Now it's worth $5 billion. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, the egg-shaped asteroid named 4660 Nereus is 1,082 feet long and will break into Earth's orbit traveling at 14,700 miles per hour on Saturday, December 11th. Thankfully for all our weekend plans, the asteroid is expected to skim past Earth at some distance without making impact, but it will still be closer to us than it has been in 20 years. Nereus, named after the Greek sea god who was the son of Gaia, the personification of the Earth, will be roughly 2.4 million miles away, around 10 times the distance between Earth and the moon. This may sound like an enormous gap, but by cosmic standards, it's actually a stone's throw away. Yeah. NASA flags any space object that comes within 120 million miles of Earth as a near-Earth object, and any fast-moving object within 4.65 million miles as potentially hazardous. Once flagged, astronomers closely monitor for the objects looking for any deviation from their predicted trajectory that could put them on a collision course with Earth. First discovered in 1982, Nereus's 1.82 year orbit of the sun brings it close to Earth nearly every 10 years. Because Nereus visits our region of the solar system so frequently, NASA and the Japanese space agency JAXA once considered collecting a sample from it using JAXA's Hayabusa spacecraft, but the agencies eventually settled on a different asteroid instead. Anyway, well, this is amazing. Once again, $5 billion, I don't know, is that worth of insurance claims, or do you think it's because of the rare earth metals that are actually made up of the asteroid? And uh, there you go. There you go. I have no idea. There it is. Yeah. Precious metals and whatnot. Yeah. But like I said, how much do you think the, the uh, insurance is worth if this sucker smacks into something? I think that's probably why, why they're, they're <laughs> see, see how they're, see how the world thinks they're eyeballing this and like, Ooh, imagine the insurance money we could get at this thing. I'm smashing into some, <laughs> pet the cat. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, all right. Anyway, uh, let's see. What do we got? Um, uh, let's keep on trucking. Let's keep on trucking. We got a phone call coming in. We'll take this in just a sec. But uh, what's going on, guys? How's everybody out there? Hope everybody's doing well. Happy Friday. This is uh, Troubled Minds News. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we're just kicking it. We're talking about all kinds of crazy stuff because that's what we do. And uh, it's actually time for a quick break. So let's get a quick word from our sponsor, which is you, and then we'll go to this phone call. Here we go. Are you digging the show? If so, you can support us quite easily and at no additional cost to you if you already have an Amazon Prime account. Since we stream on Twitch every day, all you have to do is link your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account, and they give you free games on a monthly basis for your personal use and also a bonus $5 a month to send to your favorite streamer as a way to bring more people to Twitch. And all you have to do is sync up to two accounts and click subscribe. Thanks for considering us. All right, let's keep on trucking. Let's go to this, thehill.com. And uh, yeah, just in case you uh, you did not get the memo that I make the joke from time to time that the uh, faith has the best profit margin. Well, check this out. From thehill.com, a plumber finds 500 envelopes full of checks and cash inside the church bathroom. <laughs> a plumber found 500 envelopes full of cash and checks inside the bathroom of the Houston, Texas Church of Celebrity Pastor Joel Osteen. Oh, you don't say. A plumber said that he found the money lodged behind a toilet while he was doing work in the bathroom of Osteen's Lakewood Church on November 10th, according to Click2Houston.com. The plumber, who was not named during a call with a radio station 100.3 The Bull, said he noticed a loose toilet in the wall and they took off the tile. There underneath the loosened tile was the stash of cash and checks. Quote, there was a loose toilet in the wall and it would remove the tile. Well, then remove the tile, he said, according to the Houston outlet. I went to go remove the toilet and I moved uh, some insulation away and about 500 envelopes fell out of the wall. A representative at Lakewood Church told the outlet that a large number of envelopes had been found in the building. It's unclear how much money was in the hidden stash, but the church issued a statement explaining they alerted the Houston Police Department about the find, which is investigating the incident. The news follows a 2014 incident in Lakewood Church when $600,000 was reported missing from a church safe. Oh, yeah, the Hill has reached out to Lakewood Church and the Houston Police Department, and of course, at this point, got no response. 
Yeah. Yep. What's up? Oh yeah. There you go. There you go, Gibby. Resub, resub. Oh yeah. That that phone call dropped, by the way. So uh, that's why we didn't go to the phone call. But if you want to be part of the show, seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. All right. Thing is this, right? I mean, ah. <laughs> uh, uh, like are these are these actual uh things actually these churches made of money i mean like literally stashed in the walls get the hell out of here what's going on? i mean weren't aren't churches uh tax exempt anyway isn't that the whole like you know wink wink scam of being a church is like you get the tax exemption because you know you're closer to god or some shit like this uh what, what did they say this is the rohan quote uh the the uh, ascended masters don't pay taxes <laughs> Right. All right. So, well, with all of that said, uh, I don't even know. I don't even I don't know what to say about this other than face palm. Can, can I get a face palm emoji? Ugh. All right. But uh, yeah. All right. You know, like you, you're so rich, you just need to stash cash and checks in the walls, I guess. All right. Whatever. I mean, and then what, what are they hiding it from? Certainly not from the IRS because the IRS can't touch them because, well, closest to God and all that. But anyway, let's keep on trucking, shall we? Always more. There's always more. There you go. Exactly. Uh, James has it right. I need to start my own dang religion. Exactly. <sighs> All right. Here we go. This is from uh, bleepingcomputer.com. Uh, yep. Uh, FBI. Cuba ransomware breached 49 U.S. critical infrastructure orgs. Oh, really? Okay. The FBI has revealed that the Cuba ransomware gang has compromised the networks of at least 49 organizations from U.S. critical infrastructure sectors. Quote, the FBI has identified as of early November 2021 that Cuba ransomware actors have comprised at least, oh, compromised at least 49 entities in five critical infrastructure sectors, including but not limited to the financial government government, healthcare, oh, now you really pissed me off, manufacturing and information technology sectors, the federal law enforcement agency said. The FBI also added that this ransomware group had made over $40 million since it started targeting U.S. companies. Quote, Cuba ransomware actors have, have demanded at least $74 million and received at least $43.9 million in ransom payments, the FBI added. We're in the wrong business, guys. We're totally in the wrong business. Uh, and let's see. And let's see. This was uh, disclosed in a flash alert issued in coordination with the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, the CISA, and focused on sharing indicators of compromised link. Uh, yeah, of compromised linked with Cuba ransomware. See, again. Poor editing. That's that's just bad. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So point is, like, everything is compromised all the damn time, and security is an illusion. And that goes not just for cybersecurity. That goes for your safety. It's all a big illusion, guys. Your safety is directly... Uh, directly proportional to the amount of risk you'd like to take. And it is your life after all. I don't recommend putting, uh, hopping on a motorcycle, going 200 miles an hour down the highway without a helmet, because of course that would be a gigantic level of risk. Well, but some people want to do that. All right. Let's, let's say, uh, you know, live fast, die young, but don't do that. But some people want to do that and you can't stop them. Right. Well, until they stop themselves. And so, well, what can you do, right? At what level do you get to say, oh, this is security, security, safety, uh, you know, all that stuff. No, no, no. It's all, it's all busted into. It's all, it's all, it's all got, uh, got, uh, yeah, it's all hacked. It's all hacked, guys. It's all hacked. What's going on? I see everybody in the chat. Thanks for showing up. How is everybody doing? And uh, we're just talking to news. Talking the news. Let's keep on trucking. Let's go. Uh, let's go back to space and let's go to Mars. Yeah. Is this Mars? Yeah. All right. Uh, this is uh, from the Daily Beast, another one of those most most trusted sources in news. And uh, inside the fight to save Mars from inheriting Earth's mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? That's, that's what's up. So uh, now an increasing number of billionaires whipping out spaceships for their own public rocket measuring contest. Ha. Huh. A growing movement in the space industry inspired by decolonialist de ideas wants to ensure that places like Mars don't become the next new world for people to uh, people in power to conquer and trash in order to keep repeating our historic mistakes. Uh, these scientists and policymakers argue that humans need to take a hard look at the laws we've established here on Earth before we boldly go where no person has gone before. The three dominant myths of space uh, governments right now are that there's no history, 
No Victims and No Law. Chris Van Ejik, a space policy advisor with the International Astronomical Union, told the Daily Beast, Far from being an empty, ahistorical void, space is chock full of resources, scientific opportunities, and man-made artifacts, including a rapidly accumulating pile of orbital junk. Far from being lawless, it is a place with a carefully crafted and evolving legal framework. And from being victim-free, humanity's actions in space profoundly impact daily life on Earth, both for better and for worse. And wouldn't, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? Before anybody steps foot on Mars, the lawyers are salivating, right? The lawyers are just dying to get their shit in here because they're like, well, what's the next? Uh, we, we've, we've milked the earth dry with all our lies and bullshit. What's the next level? I know. We'll get laws on Mars before people are even there. That's what we'll do. We'll start suing Elon Musk the second he arrives. Start making money. This will be a cash cow. This will be a cash cow, right? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, we need to drop some nukes on Mars first just to be sure, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of really stupid ideas here. I mean, come on. Come on. Seriously? Uh, well, I, I think this is a problem too, right? Pe- the, the whole... Like, like if we're going to talk about maybe starting with a clean slate of, you know, maybe, oh, I don't know, like, I don't know, let's say 10 laws or something, right? I don't know, or five, like maybe like the Bill of Rights or something, right? Uh, why don't we do something like that for Mars? You know what I'm saying? Well, we can't even do it here because everything we, that our politicians do undermines those basic concepts of law, right? The actual doctrine on which this country in particular was founded on, well, is undermined every single day. Every single day, they're working hard to do all they can to make that shit go away. Well, because, of course, uh, as always, we live in the upside down. And so when you're talking about lawyers arguing with people about how things should be conducted on Mars before anybody even gets there, you see what kind of world we live in. And there you go. There you go. Pretty, pretty gross. And uh, well, welcome. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> Will Smith, welcome to Earth. Bob, you can smack the alien on the head. Okay, all right. Anyway, uh, so what we're doing is we're hanging out, talking about the news. This is Trouble Minds News. I'm your host, Michael Strange. If you want to be part of the show, love to hear from you. 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And, of course, we're going to take a quick break. So don't go anywhere. More Troubled Minds News when we return. Be right back. All right. Welcome back to Troubled Minds News. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We're just talking about the news, the news cycles and the propaganda and all the rest of the BS. Well, let's just keep on trucking, shall we? Let's go to dailykos.com. Yep. Uh, Returned asteroid samples suggest missing source of Earth's water. The solar wind. Remember last night, if you guys were listening to Troubled Minds, we were way out there. We were talking about the space octopus that was controlling our minds from the future, right? That's a wild one. That's about as probably deep as you can go uh, down any kind of rabbit holes. But it was a pretty fascinating conversation because, of course, the octopus and the, you know, bizarre DNA and all the rest of that stuff. If you're into that, go check out that show. It's from last night. You can find it on YouTube or the podcast feed or anywhere else. So or Rockfin, et cetera, so on. So anyway, point is this. We were talking about water at the end of that, water and space, because we were talking about how the, the octopus had possibly been seeded through panspermia uh, just before the Cambrian explosion uh, about 200 million years ago, something like that. So the thing is this, though, the weirdness of all this is we just we started discussing uh, wh- what about water and space? Jennifer had called in and we were talking about, well, you know, clearly the Earth didn't just bam, it was there and had water on it. Uh, it started with dirt and rocks and the rest of it, right? And then this came in, well, water. Where'd the water come from? Well, now we may know. We were talking about this last night, like ice in space. There's, there's got to be abundant, an unbelievable amount of water in space. And so when you say that uh, planets can't have water or whatnot, all the rest of this stuff, the Goldilocks zone, all the other bullshit they say about why uh, we're the only life in the universe, which makes absolutely no damn sense because it's a big-ass universe. But uh, back to this. Uh, let's see. Uh, a new study led by the University of Glasgow, uh, Nature Astronomy, November 29th, that uses asteroid samples to help answer a straightforward question question where did all the water on earth come from 
and this is this gets wild. Listen to this. Recently, two missions made headlines for fetching asteroid material for return to Earth. JAXA, JAXA's Hayabusa 2 mission, which visited asteroid Ryugu and dropped samples back on Earth about a year ago. And NASA's OSIRIS-REx mission, which on its way back to Earth from new astro- from asteroid Bennu, B-E-N-N-U, with a sample drop expected in 2023. But the first of these missions returned in 2010 with granules from the near-Earth asteroid Itokawa. There were about 1,500 of these, and most were smaller than 10 micrometers in diameter. The novelty of that was cool and everything, but the fo- the follow-up's been pretty awesome as well, and we've been learning a lot about them, okay? Of course, including, they, they continue to find water on these things, all right? That's, that's the nutty thing. Let's see. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, one puzzle about Earth's formation is that our planet shouldn't have nearly as much water as it does. Asteroids that form closer to the sun, such as those in the inner asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter, have very little water, while those that formed further out have much more. So that implies that Earth, which formed even closer to the sun than those asteroids started out pretty dry and must have gotten us water from some far out source but what could that source be uh, much of Earth's water is very well uh, come from the uh, carbonaceous chondrite meteorites flung to Earth from asteroids that form far from the sun, blah, blah. Anyway, the solar wind. Let's cut to the chase. Good God. Tell us what the damn thing is in this article. We're having to read 9,000 words, over 9,000 words. What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Um, uh, Indigo Child. Scientists look up. Can't see anyone. Yep. We're alone. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, anyway, so uh, the solar wind. So like we were describing this last night in the show, it's like, all right, so if, if the sun is somehow uh, creating a, an effect that maybe at least brings water through or around or something somehow, right, then that's the source of water. And so that means there's water everywhere in the whole damn universe, right? But, well, I don't know. Is this real or not? I, You got me. But it is fascinating to consider that uh, if, if, you know, back to that octopus thing, if you're, you're dropping uh, panspermia-wise uh, frozen octopus eggs, who's sending them out there? And uh, if you're going to do that to kind of maybe seed the, the galaxy with life, uh, octopus life of all things, which is bizarre as hell, uh, it would be for water planets, which would suggest that, uh, well, uh, water planets are probably super abundant, right? Pretty nuts. Pretty nuts anyway. Um, let's see. Uh, all right, let's continue. Yeah. Why, what's up? Glitch loop says water comes from a period of being bombarded with comets. And that's, that's was one of the theories, but I, I don't think there's enough comets with water on them to, to do right to do the oceans as we know them. Anyway, I think that's one of the, the conundrums of science is they haven't got it figured out. As much as they want us to believe, you know, trust the science, that should be a t-shirt. Uh, well, they, they kind of don't know a lot of shit about a lot of shit, and that's really the way this goes. Not to knock science. I love science, by the way. I've said this quite a lot. But, you know, when you start saying, you know, this Fauci stuff where I am the science, fuck off. You're just a little old man, part of the deep state, lying back and forth. That, that's what you are. Anyway, uh, I digress. Let's go to space.com. This is a space station dodges space debris from decades old Pegasus rocket. Things are getting exciting up in the, up in low Earth orbit, aren't they? Uh, not too long ago, uh, Russia actually exploded a satellite, and uh, not only did they explode a satellite up there, they uh, they did it, and the uh, International Space Station had to put in its emergency thrusters to avoid the, the debris. So basically, it show it shows you a couple things. Vladimir Putin and Russia don't give a damn, right? They're like, ah, if we just blew up the International Space Station, we don't give a shit. Can you believe that? So they actually had to dodge that stuff. This was a couple weeks back. Well, now, once again, this is from seven hours ago, space.com. Space Station dodges space debris from decades-old Pegasus rockets. Yes. The International Space Station dodged a fragment of a decades-old rocket body early Friday morning, continuing a stretch of space debris threats to the orbiting laboratory. On Friday, December 3rd, about 3 a.m., a Russian cargo ship docked to the International Space Station, uh, fired for a little under three minutes to lower the facility's orbit and ensure that it would pass safely by the debris, according to statements from NASA and its Russian counterpart, Roscosmos. In a tweet posted on Wednesday the 1st, Roscosmos flagged the risk posed by the rocket fragment, which is said was estimated to pass as close as 3.4 miles to the space station. 
All right. Just a day before the alert was posted on Tuesday, November 30th, NASA had been forced to delay a spacewalk scheduled for later in the day to concerns about debris. The agency has not specified what that debris represents, but NASA astronaut Thomas Marshburn and Kayla Barron were able to conduct their excursion on Thursday, December 2nd. Anyway, uh, blah, 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 blah. This is one of those things where uh, I always wondered, I always really wondered if there's so much junk out there in space, how does this thing just fly around free willy-nilly, you know, without any kind of damage? Because they say that even the tiniest particle in space is like traveling at the speed of a bullet or faster, and it could like just punch a hole in this and destroy this thing. So how the hell does it go around and around and around with all that space junk up there, and it's completely unaffected? Does that seem strange to anybody? It seems strange to me because you, you can look at some of these models about the space junk they're actually tracking, and it seems to be everywhere, literally everywhere. So, I don't know. Does, not, does one and one not equal two? Does this thing have like a, I don't know, like a Borg-type force field or some shit? I have no idea. Magic. There, Gibby's got it right. Magic. I guess it's just magic. That's fine. I'm ready to go with magic. Um, so I, I think, uh, I don't know. This this is pretty weird to me. But uh, now, like I've always wondered, it's been one of those like bizarre, you know, kind of toilet thinking moments. You're like, if there's so much junk out there in space, how does the International Space Station just circle around and around and around and never have any problems, right? One of those, you know, kind of reading a book on the John type of thoughts. And uh, yeah, well... Now, I guess apparently it does. It has some issues with this, that, or the other thing. But it still seems ridiculous to me that uh, there's not larger issues with this. So, I don't know. What do you guys think, as always? It doesn't matter what I think. I'm just one dude and uh, an a-hole on the internet with a microphone. And that's that. I don't have the truth about anything. i just uh, asking some questions. That's my role here. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, continue trucking, shall we? If you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. Let's go to gizmodo.com. Uh, grasping robotic drone can land on a branch like a freaking bird. Yep, I'll just leave that up so you guys can see exactly what we're talking about. And this is going to be super hot. This is going to be super hot. We got this drone, like an actual, you know, electronic type thing that, uh, you know, propellers and all the rest of this. It's got bird-like claws and legs. And this thing is landing on a branch just like a freaking bird. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. A newly developed bio-inspired aerial robot can land on a variety of branches and carry heavy objects like a bird. Quote, birds take off and land on a wide range of complex surfaces, while current robots are limited in their ability to dynamically grasp irregular objects, declares the opening paragraph of a new research paper published in Science Robotics. Indeed, bird landings look so effortless, but it's not easy to mimic how birds fly and perch. William Roderick, a roboticist at Stanford University and co-author of the study, explained in a Stanford release. Working with the Stanford University engineers Mark Kukotsky and David Latink, now at the University of Groningen in the Netherlands, Roderick sought to build a bona fide perching robot. Levering insights from Kukoski Lab, which specializes in animal-inspired robots, and Lentink Lab, good God, these names, which focuses on bird-inspired aerial bots, the team designed and built and tested a biomimetric Mimetic, biomimetic robot that can dynamically perch on complex surfaces and grasp irregular objects. And let's just play the video. Let's play the video, and you guys can see what we're talking about. And this is uh, pretty terrifying. Yeah, well, I don't know. This is, this is how you, uh, yeah, there you go. Gibby's got it right. Everybody knows birds aren't real. <laughs> Everybody knows birds aren't real. Uh, just like space isn't real. Just like the, the, the universe isn't real, actually, by the way. Uh, Earth is flat. All that stuff. Yeah, got it. Got it. Birds aren't real. I know that's the meme, which is kind of funny. Uh, anyway, so um, they, here you go. They're working on this thing, and you can see the leg motion. They're trying to create it to have bird-like legs and like little like talons that will grasp onto a branch, and it can land effortlessly. Well, sort of. And uh, so pretty cool. I think this is pretty cool. Other than, well, you know, now we have our new surveillance cameras flying around, landing on trees and just watching people covert style. That'll be super hot when they look exactly like birds, right? I think that's, uh, I think that's actually a thing. The CIA has actually used that. And uh, I think that's even proven that they already have bird, bird-shaped drones, which is the whole Gibby thing. The birds aren't real. But, but anyway, uh, pretty cool stuff. Stanford engineers doing this and creating this. And yeah. 
welcome welcome to your new surveillance state uh run by the birds in the sky the very birds in the sky watching over us at least somebody is right because who knows what we'd do if we didn't have an overlord watching over our shoulder 24 hours a day what would we do if you guys have comments on this or anything else love to hear your thoughts 702-957-1037 just trucking along talking about the news and considering all the things what's up matt says it sounds like 1984 yep but worse, <laughs> but worse. Uh, for, for for some bizarre reason, we seem to be outdoing 1984, Orwell's actual 1984. We're, uh, yeah, like like the 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 conspiracy joke is. Well, it it wasn't a, a how how to do it manual, guys. 1984 was not a how to. Come on. Anyway, here we go. Speaking of uh, the the Orwellian version of the future, uh, Express.co.uk reports this. Brian Cox's doomsday scenario that human civilization approaching destroying itself. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Now we're in business. Like, we want to go all fire and brimstone. This is it. The physicist returned to screens last night with the final episode of his BBC series, Universe, where everything begins and ends. Professor Cox asks how the universe came to be, exploring how cutting-edge space missions have revealed the origin of the universe, how discoveries have helped scientists understand how we came to be here, and the technology they have used along the way. He will say, quote, our universe is an enigma, an endless inexhaustible paradox oh we can agree there uh anyway there are trillions of planets and one of them uh, nurtured beings capable of contemplating this cosmic drama miraculously Im- improbable brief candles flickering against the eternal night that seems so poetic uh the element of the universe which uh whether there's life elsewhere is something that has confounded both professor cox and his predecessors for years i'm going to help them and say yes there's life elsewhere yes 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 just saying I'm just saying, I'm a knucklehead, but I'm just saying, like, come on now. Like, at least admit the fact that just because you ain't found, like, the, you know, caged an alien doesn't mean they ain't things out there. There's, there's some things out there. Anyway, something called the Fermi Paradox, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, whatever. I don't care. This guy, we're going to destroy ourselves. There's your doom and gloom. I'm sure it has something to do with climate change because it always does. Let's just block out the sun, shall we? How could that go wrong? Uh, why don't you give Jeff Bezos a call? He'll help you with that project. 702-957-1037. Let's get a quick word from our sponsor, which is you. And then we'll be back for a final segment here of Troubled Minds News. And we're just kicking it, talking about all kinds of stuff and the news and, well, how how this world really seems to be a bunch of upside down BS. So, yeah, welcome to it. There's your phone number, 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at TroubledMinds.org. Let's do it. Are you digging the show? If so, you can support us quite easily and at no additional cost to you if you already have an Amazon Prime account. Since we stream on Twitch every day, all you have to do is link your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account, and they give you free games on a monthly basis for your personal use, and also a bonus $5 a month to send to your favorite streamer as a way to bring more people to Twitch. And all you have to do is sync up to two accounts and click subscribe. Thanks for considering us. All right, let's keep on trucking. Let's go to, uh, what do we got? What do we got? Doomsday. No, let's get off the doomsday. Let's go to this. Uh, This is another one, too, that, uh, again... Once again, right, sort of live, part of living in the upside down is all this whack shit that's still out on the market. And here's what I mean. We've got this thing called the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, right? And it's supposed to limit the amount of poison that's out there, all right? Even though, right, like you can you can buy like junk food and all kinds of just garbage, garbage. I'm not saying they should limit junk food. If you want to eat potato chips until you die, you know what I mean? God bless you. I, I hope you live a very long life and I hope it's fruitful, right? But I mean all that stuff exists and I'm not suggesting it shouldn't. But this in particular, I'm suggesting this should not because this isn't helping anybody. Yeah, lifehacker.com, get rid of these antiperspirants that have cancer-causing chemicals, the FDA says. Wait, what? So so the the FDA knows this and allows these products and it's all fine? Well, please explain this to me, anybody, somebody other than the almighty dollar. Anyway, let's read a little bit of this. The products contain a toxic chemical, and you should stop using them right away, obviously. Oh, so you mean they're allowing us to sell poison. All right, and buy poison. That sounds legitimate. And smear it all over our body. That's even better. If you're a fan of aerosol spray, antiperspirants, and deodorants, you're going to want to check to see whether... 
The one you use is part of a voluntary recall issued by Procter & Gamble. Yep. All right. The recall comes after a citizen's petition filed with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration last month that claims more than half of the batches of antiperspirant and deodorant sprays they tested contain benzene, a chemical that, when found at high levels, can cause cancer. Yeah. Thanks, Food and Drug Administration. I guess it's fine for that to be out there, right? I'm sure you had no idea there was benzene in these products. What the hell are you doing, Food and Drug Administration, if you're, you know, not just taking money and letting this shit go on out on the market? But anyway, uh, this all started with Valleysure, a company that checks the chemical composition of and medications and healthcare products, conducted a series of tests on aerosol, spray deodorants, and antiperspirants. They found that one of the 108 batches of products tested... 59 or 54% of them had levels of benzene exceeding the two parts per million permitted by the FDA. Catch that? More than half of them in one batch, 54% had levels exceeding the two parts per million allowed benzene by the FDA, right? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, which products are part of the recall? There's the article if you want to check it out. Um, yeah, there's another one. Why is there aluminum in deodorant? Again, uh, the fl- the fluoride, you want to get in the fluoride. There's a ton of stuff going on here, including I cut myself shaving and it's unfortunate. But anyway, let's keep on trucking. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Like, it, what, what the hell is the FDA doing? Are they just, is it like, okay, it's like, it's like that non-binding uh, guideline, the non-binding agreement, right? It's like, oh, by the way, guys, you shouldn't put poison in your products, okay? All right? Is everything everybody okay with that just don't put poison in your products all right that's fine we'll just pinky swear we're not going to do it and then 54 percent of the shit out there has poison yeah that's super cool right pinky swear it never happened whatever get out of here get out of here with this backwards upside down world all right let's do this let's keep on trucking uh so i do not recommend you use those deodorants there you are uh anyway uh potential this is from fizz.org and we keep seeing this we keep seeing this stuff happen in in the news cycles uh talking about this crispr stuff and new crispr advances what's crispr well it's a gene editing tool but check this out potential new gene editing tools uncovered all right All right, here we go. New research from the University of Texas at Austin dramatically expands the number of naturally occurring versions of this system, the CRISPR system, uh, giving researchers a wealth of potential new tools for large-scale gene editing. And let's also file this one under how could this go wrong. Uh, Other scientists had identified clusters of genes that use CRISPR to insert themselves into different places in an organism's genome, dubbed CRISPR. CRISPR-associated transposons, C-A-S-T-S. Earlier work has shown that they can be used to add an entire gene or a large DNA sequence to the genome, at least for bacteria. Hmm. Yeah, that's fine, right? That's that's totally cool. We, like, we, like we didn't have a problem with, you know, maybe something leaking out of a lab in the recent history. I'm sure this is fine. This will be okay. Uh, now a team led by... Elia Finkelstein and Claus Wilk at UT Austin have expanded the number of likely casts from about a dozen to nearly 1,500. They published the results this week in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Quote, with casts, we could potentially insert lots of genes called gene cassettes encoding multiple complicated functions, said Finkelstein, associate professor of molecular biosciences, who conceived and headed the research. Among other things, this opens up the possibility of treating complex diseases associated with more than one gene. CRISPR researcher and Nobel laureate Jennifer Doudna had predicted casts will be a critical element in expanding genetic engineers' toolkit, making it possible to introduce any change at any genetic location in any organism. And I'm going to say that again, slowly. Slow down, Mike. Casts will make it possible to introduce any change at any genetic location in any organism within the decade. You know what that means? Giant penises. Here we come. That's what that means. If you guys have been watching the news show, you know what I'm talking about. But point being, let's file this under how could this go wrong? Yeah. Any, any change at any genetic location in any organism within 10 years. Hmm. May you live in interesting times. 
Well, the good news is we might all have 14-inch penises, so there you go. Uh, any any case, uh, without the resources of TACC, this would have been impossible, said blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'll link the article if you guys want to uh, to uh, to follow up on this. You're more than welcome to read it uh, yourself and see that I'm not making this shit up. That's what it says. Can you believe that? Within 10 years. That's cool. So within 10 years, this transhumanist future that we talk about with uh, electronics and all the rest of this, Neuralink and all this other stuff, uh, there's also, well, uh, this. <laughs> there's this. Is this the new transhumanist stuff with the uh, actual uh, 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 whatever this is? And anyway, we're going to just turn into genetic robots. That's fine, right? Uh, okay, uh, just in case we haven't had our like uh, like weekly dose of fear, uh, how about this? Uh, let's go to uh, CNBC.com. Of course, fear mongers in, in, in general here. But uh, Omicron will likely dominate and overwhelm the world in three to six months, doctor says. Well, let me tell you guys, I have a theory. Basically, if we block out the sun's rays from the earth... We could kill Omicron, don't you think? I think I think there's an easy way to handle all this. Like we could probably kill all the viruses on Earth that are detrimental to people if we just block out the sun. What do you think about that? I think maybe, right? Why not? Why the hell not? Let's just block out the sun. It'll handle this. It'll handle all the problems, right? It'll just fix everything. Let's just do that. Let's give Jeff Bezos a call and put in our request to block out the sun. Anyway, you like this language? Omicron will likely dominate and overwhelm the world in three to six months, doctor says. Okay, awesome. While vaccines against the strain can be developed quickly, they need to be tested over three to six months to prove they can provide immunity against the variant. Dr. Leong Ho Nam of Mount Elizabeth Novena Hospital said Wednesday, quote, but frankly, Omicron will dominate and overwhelm the whole world in three to six months, he told CNBC's Street Signs Asia. Delta, the strain that is currently accounts for 99% of COVID infections. Really? Is that true? Delta is 99% of COVID infections. Does that sound like it's made up statistic to you? That sounds made up as fuck to me. Yeah, clearly. They know that, right? They know 99% of the COVID infections are the Delta variant. What happened to the, you know, ABCD? Do they exist anymore? Mm, weird, right? Super weird. Anyway, uh, for, uh, blah, 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 da, 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 da. Okay, blah, blah. Moderna CEO Stephane Bansell said Monday, it will take months to develop and ship a vaccine that specifically targets the Omicron variant. Uh, quote, nice idea, but honestly, it's not practical. Leong said of a vaccine that specifically targets Omicron. We won't be able to rush out the vaccines in time. And by the time the vaccines come, practically everyone will be infected with Omicron given this high infectious and transmissibility. Um, don't forget that uh, uh, Omicron itself is also super mild and they say it can be treated at home. So uh, this language of dominate and overwhelm the world seems more like an invasion from, I don't know, the blob or the body snatchers or some shit like this. Come on now. Are we, we're, we're talking about, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Don't make me say it. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, there's, there's the type of language that we shouldn't be using. All right. Fear, 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 fear. Yeah. Be unafraid. Be unafraid. All right. Let's go. How about this? This is nuts. Let's, uh, let's get off of that because before it'll just piss me off some more. Uh, how about this? Let's go to uh, businessinsider.com, their markets section, which is super hot because why not? Metaverse-related cryptocurrencies like Axie Infinity and Decentraland are up 37,000% this year, crushing Bitcoin and other altcoins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Metaverse-related cryptocurrencies have surged, an eye-popping 37,000% this year, far exceeding the gains of Bitcoin data from the Macro Hive shows. Let's uh, pull that up. The Macro Hive. We'll take a look at that. Uh, the data was based on the gains of five coins, Axe Infinity, Decentraland, Sandbox, Engine Coin, and Gala which rallied 20% over the past seven days alone, the data showed. Uh, the coins are part of the metaverse, a term for the next phase of the internet where people can live, work, and play in the digital world. Small versions of the metaverse have already begun popping up. Axe Infinity, for example, allows users to play games to earn crypto. And in De Decentraland, players can own a digital land and other assets. 
didn't I say five years, we're going to be working full time in the metaverse, right? You're going to be strapped down in your straight jacket with your benzene drip. And you're just going to be like, ah, life is good. As uh, Cthulhu comes out of portals in church, inside the metaverse. <laughs> you want to talk about dystopia? Well, welcome to it. Thanks, Zuck. Uh, we weren't traveling there fast enough, so uh, congratulations. You, you take the taco. You win. What's up, uh, Real Bernay Sauce? I see you there. Thanks for hanging out with us. All right. The thing is this, right? Uh, I, I, whatever. I don't know. Like, uh, at some point, you just get frustrated with all this crap that's going on. And I'm kind of frustrated. I'm frustrated with the news, how they handle this stuff. I'm frustrated with the language they use, right, to get clicks and shit like this. It pisses me off a lot because it's not. It's just not honest. It's not honest. And, uh, well, this, I don't know. I'll, I'll check. That's why I wanted to pull up this other thing based on this uh, macro hive, data from macro hive shows. And, of course, there you go. You have to have a... A yeah, there you go. Uh, da, da, podcast. Okay, so you have to pay. So anyway, they 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 cited a paywalled thing and said this is the thing. And anyway, there you go. Uh, what's up, guys? How's everybody? And uh, I hope you're doing well. Happy Friday. And let's go to one more. We got one more here. And why not? Because this is a little more fun. We could do this. And this is uh this is a lot more fun actually than that the last batch of crap we were just talking about. This is from Newsweek. And yep. Massive tunnels found in the jungle were actually created by a chilling prehistoric creature. And if you look at the photograph here, there's a, an individual, uh, a person, squatting down and fitting inside this tunnel. What is this? What is this? Is this a sandworm? Anybody like Dune? 10,000 years ago, the Earth looked like a much different place than our present-day environment. This is backed by the numerous discoveries about our planet's past by archaeologists and other researchers. In Brazil, experts found a tunnel system that highlights this concept. The caves are lined with scratch marks and peculiar carvings from the claws of a giant beast, which confused scientists for decades. Were huge clawed animals really scouring the planet so recently? Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> These tunnels are between 8,000 and 10,000 years old. Initially, it seemed like a group of ancient humans made the enormous cave system as a way to cut through the dense vegetation that made the Brazilian forest hard to navigate. Experts soon learned that wasn't the case. Yep. They were found by modern scientists in the 1930s, these caves, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Almacar's original goal for this exploration trip was to determine which geologic process made the tunnels, but his intentions shifted when he examined the caves. Quote, I'd never seen anything like it before, Amilcar said. It really grabbed my attention. It didn't look natural. Shout out to Axel Steele for sharing this in the Discord. And by the way, if anybody wants their uh, a new story shared on uh, this show in particular or have an idea for a Troubled Mind show, just share it with me in the Discord. Or send me an email, troublemindsradio at gmail. Love to uh, see the stuff that I don't catch. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. These huge structures, right? Okay, blah, blah, blah. Let's get to the point. Uh, during these trips, Heinrich noticed grooves carved in the granite, basalt, and sandstone rock that comprised the tunnels. After getting a closer look, he realized they were claw marks most consistent of long, shallow grooves parallel to each other. He and his team wrote in their group research paper about the subject. And you can see, yeah, claw marks. Claw marks. <laughs> uh, yep, uh, they were grouped and apparently produced by two or three claws, Heinrich wrote. These grooves are mostly smooth, but some irregular ones may have been produced by broken claws. Where did these ancient claw marks originate? Yep, well, hmm. uh, further research revealed the tunnels to be paleo burrows, which surprised the archaeologists. I didn't know there was such a thing as paleo burrows, Heinrich said. I'm a geologist, a professor, and I've never even heard of them. Since he authored a massive study on them, he's probably familiar now. So blah, 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 blah. All right. Anyway, they're megafauna. Here we go. After studying the markings, researchers believe they were made by now extinct giant ground sloths and giant armadillos. These tunnel systems actually were actually their burrows. The creatures who made them were called certified megafauna. They were at least 20 feet long, but that begged the question, how did a slow-moving giant sloth build a tunnel this complex? Well, I'll leave that mystery to you because I'm not the answers guy. I'm the questions guy. And the luxury is I don't have to try and make up a bullshit answer for everything like the rest of the propagandists. I can say I don't know. And I'm going to say 
I don't know. So there we go. As we finish, there's uh, there's Troubled Minds news. There's another week of Troubled Minds in the books. Uh, if you like the show, consider sharing it. Consider letting people know that uh, there's a place to get news where it's not all bullshit politics all the time. And uh, somebody's calling out the crap, the, the garbage BS of the news cycles as they uh, try and tell us a bunch of lies. And, well, uh, as I'm not the best at it, I'm still getting pretty good. And it's easy to spot propaganda now. And uh, that's what we're going to keep on doing, considering the, all the possibilities and spotting all the propaganda. What's going on, guys? I see you in the chat. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, that's it. That's it. We're done. So Troubled Minds, uh, Monday through Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific. We do that on the radio for a couple hours and do a third hour off the radio on the stream platforms, which, of course, is YouTube, Rockfin, Twitter and D Live, and we do this show, the news show, Monday and, and, and Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific, exclusively on Twitch. Then it gets cut up into a podcast and put uh, out there for everyone to listen to shortly thereafter. So uh, we're done. We're done. So everybody have a fantastic weekend. We're going to do do our thing and um, kind of get some rest in here. We do have Friday shows coming soon. I'm not sure how often we're going to do them, but uh, it just seems uh, silly to not do a Friday show now and then because we don't have that radio restriction because our, our radio slot on Friday is uh, uh, somebody else on, on Fringe. So that's okay. Uh, it'll give us a little bit of time to do some other stuff that's not uh, radio uh, radio format. And some, sometimes the radio formats kind of get in the way of calls and things like this. So sort of a, you know, uh, uh, just, uh, just you know, how would you say it? How would you say it? Loose format. We'll just call it loose format. I was going to be crude, but we'll just say loose format type show. It's, uh, it's sometimes a little better. Um, so there we go. Uh, what else do I got? I don't think I got anything else other than, well, we got more crazy stuff coming next week on Troubled Minds. If you think a uh, space octopus from the future was uh, as far out there as you can go, uh, try me. Let's see what happens next week because you never freaking know. And as we finish... Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of this. Thanks for all the enthusiasm in the chat. Thanks for all the love and uh, all the patience and all of the uh, participation. Uh, it, uh, it does make my world go round, like I've always said. Uh, I appreciate each and every one of you that listen to this show in every platform out there. And thank you again for being part of it. If you haven't joined the Discord, please do. TroubledMinds.org. Uh, click the Discord link. Uh, give you a direct invite. Just come say hi. Lots of good people there. Two rules. Don't be a racist prick. Two don't try and be right all the time. It's okay. Consider that you'll, you'll be wrong. Give people respect. That's it. And uh, that's, that's the only rules, right? Uh, as I always say, we can have a conversation and agree or disagree and not turn into a bunch of idiots like uh, they expect us to be. We can disagree and tomorrow still be friends. I truly believe that. So, uh, otherwise, we're just uh, finishing it up. Oh, yeah, Night Stalker's coming on with James. That's right. If you guys, uh, Salcedo Paranormal, check out that podcast. Uh, I'm going to actually get a, an invite to his Discord. We'll drop it in the chat. They're going on in about uh, one hour from now, approximately. So here we go. I'm going to drop a invite for James's Discord. There you go. Right in the chat. I've got Night Stalker, our friend Derek in Massachusetts, going to be on there with James Salcedo, Salcedo Paranormal. So check that out. And uh, otherwise, let us know. Let us know uh, what kind of stuff you want to hear. I'm looking for feedback always. And uh, more importantly, take care of yourselves. Take care of yourselves so you can take care of others. And thank you for listening. Uh, as I say, one and the other one, from our troubled minds to yours, have a great weekend. Finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials. Any way you want, open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details.